Welcome to Benview on Spielberg. I'm your resident Spielberg apophaticist, Matt Benson. And I'm a regular Spielberg enthusiast, Justin Kizan. And today we're we're here to talk with you about a little film. Maybe you saw it coming that we would talk about this film <laughs> uh, because it's Minority Report. Yes. Um, this is this is an interesting sort of benchmark in Spielberg's career, I think, in that uh, this this is the first one that feels like modern Spielberg to me. Like modern blockbuster Spielberg? Yeah, and I feel like everything up to Jurassic Park was vintage Spielberg. Yeah. Then the very short in-between period between uh, JP2 mm-hmm. and AI was sort of that weird middle period Spielberg. Yeah. And this feels very much like a, the first sort of modern era Spielberg film. Would you agree or disagree with You know, that's statement? interesting. I never thought of it that way. But I think, you know what? I, I think that's strong. That's a strong thesis yeah. to say. Because I'm thinking about it. I'm like, AI is... Is a bit of a de- is a major departure mm-hmm. from his usual films, yeah. and like between you know with Jurassic Park two, Amistad, and Saving Private Ryan, there's like this interesting attempt to kind of grow out of uh, what he's usually thought to do for a blockbuster movie. Yeah, I think if you want to do a little analyst, anal- which is what we do, right? It's the way to make the show. <laughs> <laughs> Jurassic Park two was Steven Spielberg trying to do what he used to do and realizing it bored him. Yeah, Amistad was an a- was a- another attempt to go. To do, sort of do Schindler's List a little differently. Mm-hmm. Uh, Save Pride Ryan is a good s- step to something that's a lot different from those two. Mm-hmm. And in AI, was a far too reached out <laughs> yeah. from his comfort zone. Yeah. And so Minority Report is sort of a... Yeah, I can see Minority Report... Because like most of the films after Minority Report have this element mm-hmm. of uh, that does feel like this movie. So yeah. I actually... Yeah, yeah. It's, that works for me. Yeah, that works for me. I'm um, down with that. <laughs> yeah, another thing that sort of signified the change to me was this was the first time it felt like most of the main cast, not including like child characters, were younger than Steven Spielberg. Yeah, which uh, is an interesting change. Yeah, true. Because like even up to Saving Private Ryan, I would I would say Tom Hanks is probably more contemporary with Spielberg's age. Yeah. Whereas with him, with like Tom Cruise, Colin Farrell, Neil McDonough, it's like he's. Okay, we had a little technical difficulty there. Uh, the memory card was full. I feel like that's the fifth time that's happened on this <laughs> podcast, and I should really get better about that. Well, like, like 28 episodes, and you're allowed a few slip-ups. You're good. Yeah. Um, we were talking about how uh, <laughs> a lot of the cast of the film is younger and sexier than uh, Steven Spielberg. <laughs> I believe the audio cut out right before I got to the sexy part. Um, but yeah, and, and then we, we talked a little bit about the Jaws log, mm-hmm. which I don't, I don't think we cut any of that, where you know Stephen was just a little boy, and right. Paul Gottlieb likes to talk about how, how much of a little boy he was. Right, right, right. <laughs> um, but that, we're not here to talk about Jaws, more, mm-hmm. although we could. <laughs> Let's, and listen, you've, you've, if you've been listening to the show since episode one, you know we could. Yeah, we obviously <laughs> could. And like I said, I did just read the Jaws log, so I got a whole lot of new Jaws information <laughs> pumping through the old brain take. Um um, but let's talk about Minority Report. Right. Had you had seen this film before? I take it. Yes, of course. Uh, had you seen it multiple times before? Um, I did give it another viewing after uh, two years after the movie came out in theaters. Mm-hmm. So you saw it in theaters. I did see it in theaters. Here's the thing, right? Like, if, this is an interesting part of the show for me now, where mm-hmm. we are tracking my emotional understanding of how I feel about <laughs> Steven Spielberg. That's correct. Yeah. Post Jurassic Park, post Lost World. Yeah. And. Uh, if we go from like my I hated Lost World mm-hmm. to being you know and then skipping Amistad yeah. to liking Saving Private Ryan a lot to being perplexed by mm-hmm. AI sure <laughs> <laughs> perplexed um, is a good word yeah <laughs> 
Uh, Minority Report was another. This is that period where I'm like, Stephen, you got to prove to me I can like you again. Yeah. Movie and like, when I saw the when I heard about Minority Report, Minority Report, and find out he was working with Tom Cruise, I got a little intrigued by it because I'm like, oh, yeah, that's interesting. Steven Spielberg doesn't usually work with a movie star. Yeah. You know, so I was like, that's kind of cool, and I, I generally like Tom Cruise enough, so. Sure. And it's sci-fi, and that got me excited. Mm-hmm. And I found I was like, it's basically kind of like a noir action chase thriller. I went, all those words are great to me. Yeah. <laughs> Based on the Philip K. Dick story, I'm like, awesome. Yeah. Okay. Cool. So I, all right, I'm, I'm thinking I'm, I'm kind of down for this. And then first trailer came out, excited about it. I'm like, yeah, cool. That sounds good. That looks good. Um, and then the earlier views started coming out, and they were glowing mm-hmm. at the time. Uh. Uh, it was, I think, at the time it became officially Ebert and Roper oh, for, for the. But yeah, I know. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, it was Ebert and Roper because yeah, sadly we lost Cisco a yeah. couple years before that. And uh, I'm a big Roger Ebert fan too, and, and Gene Cisco fan. So you know, I think I Robert Roger was still someone's opinion. I still uh, valued. definitely valued. Yeah. So he was loving it, and you know, like the you know, it's even on the DVD of my new report. It's like two thumbs way up, a masterpiece. <laughs> Classic. Um. But there was one review that got me a little worried, and it was someone on Ain't It Cool News. I forgot who exactly. Mm-hmm. It was either Harry Knowles or Drew McQueenie, a.k.a. Moriarty at the time. But they were like, everyone's loving it but me. Mm. And I'm like, uh-oh. Yeah. Because <laughs> <laughs> he was like, I, I wish I saw the movie they saw. It's literally what they said. Yeah. And I'm like, that was the first time I'm going, all right, let's lower it a little bit. Lower those, yeah, yeah. temper those expectations <laughs> a little bit. Um, so I went to go see it, and sadly, yeah, I was kind of more with them. And yeah. I walked out of the theater going, I liked a couple of things in it. Yeah. I got my issues. I'm okay with it. <laughs> <laughs> How about you, Matt? Uh, well, d- d- let me ask you this. Did, oh, you, sure. did that opinion change when you watched it again a few years later? Um, yeah. No, it did not. Okay. It, rem- it remained. Yeah. It definitely remained. I sat there and went, ah, damn it. Yeah. <laughs> same feeling <laughs> yeah. um so i i did not see this in theaters uh i was what was this 2002 mm-hmm. so i would have been 11 at the time um i think i might not have been allowed to see pg-13 movies and that's why i didn't see this uh at, in theaters because mm-hmm. it definitely seems like something 11 year old me would have been interested in yeah um so i didn't see it in theaters it wasn't until uh many years later that i saw it um after I'd kind of knew it as this movie that a lot of people really liked. Yeah. Uh, but I, I, I was I was still a teen when I saw it, and I was in that phase of my life that we've talked about before, mm-hmm. where we, that phase when we first met, when, when, when I got into a car, I was like, yo, fuck Close Encounters. <laughs> so I was, I was at my most anti-Spielberg when I saw this movie for the first time. Um, and I just thought it was kind of not great. I didn't, I didn't love it. I didn't hate it. Yeah. Um, so I was kind of excited to watch it again for the podcast to see what I would think of it now that I'm a little more reasonable. <laughs> um, True, actually, yeah. yeah. So that's what believe I, it or not, people, he has been. Like, no, no, Benson has definitely been much more reasonable on Spielberg. Yeah. since the start since the start of the show, <laughs> <laughs> and not just since the start of the show, but since where I was, you know, years before the show. You have grown up. <laughs> um, so that's where I was going into this viewing. Mm-hmm. Um, so you watched it this morning. Yes, I watched it last night. Mm-hmm. Um, I feel like it's usually me who's watched it more recently. You've, you've got the upper hand this time. Yeah, yeah. Uh, mm. What did you think of it this time around? Um, generally, honestly, more of the same. Yeah, uh, it's a strange thing where I like 
sometimes, uh, yeah, it's fascinating that when you revisit a film and a decade will be between the viewings or what have you, you know, sometimes you'll love it more or hate it more. And then sometimes they remain the same, good or bad feelings. Yeah. I feel like with Minor Report, I watched it again this morning and I'm like, yeah, same issues. So it's consistent. It's, it's consistent. Yeah, yeah it's, it's like it sticks there with you. The the stuff that that I like, I maybe I kind of like a little bit more now mm-hmm. because <clears throat> I have more of an appreciation of of how it's put together. Yeah. But my general issues in the movie kind of remain, mm-hmm. and I've even kind of caught a few things I'm not as into now. Yeah. But I don't hate it anymore or love it anymore. Okay. Yeah. How about you? Um. I fucking hated it this time. <laughs> um, yeah, I really thought I would like it more. I thought I thought that I would enjoy it a lot more now that I I'm sort of over my my you know mm-hmm. chip on my shoulder about Spielberg. But no, I fucking hated this movie. <laughs> this is a, I, I, I don't even know what younger me was thinking, being that generous with it. Uh, yeah, I, this was I yeah I uh, no I didn't care for this one bit. Mm-hmm. Um, which is kind of fascinating because, like, if we were, let's go back to AI. Yeah. I always thought you were going to hate that entirely. Yeah. But you and me agreed that there was a good chunk of that movie that we honestly dug. Yeah. This one, flat out, you're... you're I hate it. I'll hate tell it. you a mm. big reason why I hate it. And I'll, I'll say even this, I kind of started a little with the aesthetic of AI. But this this is really the movie where uh, it was decided that if you were doing a, a sci-fi movie, mm. you couldn't have color in it. <laughs> color is illegal oh, in the God. future. Yeah, because everything is so fucking gray in this movie, uh, yeah. and uh, that now that's what every sci-fi movie looks like, and mm-hmm. I hate it so much. <laughs> um, and I don't think it lends itself particularly well to um, sort of uh, noir storytelling like this, yeah. because that I think is all about really sort of big garish contrast. That's I mean the look of it back in the day was heavy, heavy black and whites, right? Um, so it's a little weird to say that I want that colorful, but um, mm. you think of like Blade Runner to me is a movie that does that successfully, right? And Blade Runner, it's a very sort of dark color tone, but it's all, there's a, there's a lot of colors in, in and it's high contrast in, right. in Blade Runner, yeah. Which I think really makes that aesthetic kind of work for the feel of the story, yeah. Whereas this just makes me want to kill myself. <laughs> this just feels like a depressing rainy day, not in a good way, and I hate it. Mm. And now all all sci-fi movies look like that, and I don't forgive the film for doing that because I, mean, I I do feel like this one was one that started the trend, even if there had been a few before that had that thing going. It's funny because I'm not going to defend that because yeah. <laughs> I'm actually not. I'm I'm with you. I'm actually not really into the look of the film. Mm-hmm. I again weird appreciation filmmaking thing. I appreciate the attempt to try to figure out something different mm-hmm. for the aesthetic. Yeah, because I can see what they're going for, and yeah. they, they've said that they were like, we wanted the noir thing, but something that's a little, you know, not as obviously noir. And yeah. the bleach bypass process yeah. was a was at the time definitely different and unique. But I mean, yeah, I mean, like. It was interesting, but in the long run, not my preferred, not my taste, not my yeah. cup of tea. Yeah. So, yeah, the movie is uh, one color. Yeah. Blue and gray. Well, yeah. Two colors, I guess. Mostly blue. Yeah, and it's a bluish gray. It's a bluish gray. That's actually the, that is the crayon in the box. <laughs> yeah. It's like everyone's in a bluish gray. Yeah. And, like, Janusz Kaminski is one of those, it's a thing where it's like, I, man, when Janusz is killing it, I love it. Mm-hmm. But... There's going to be a point, and we're starting here, <laughs> with Kaminsky's work with Spielberg, where I feel like I'm not that into it. Yeah. And and uh, it's either a point, yeah, and, this, and this is definitely the case where I'm like, no, <laughs> too much. I got it. I see what you're, I appreciate the attempt. Yeah. Not in the long run into it. No. Um, so, okay, here's the thing. 
uh, little, little little prehistory mm-hmm. to the about the precogs and on the whole film. Okay. Um, you know, I, it, thanks to like the wiki, of course, I'm going to find out that. It, and I was reminded, yes, this was at one point supposed to be a uh, this was option to be a total recall sequel. Yeah. Um, uh-huh. they took the short story. Uh-huh. Uh, to, I don't like that. That <laughs> was like back. You know, total Recall was popular enough, and uh, oh, wait, Total Recall. A sequels like starring Arnold. Yeah. Okay, maybe I'm into that. Yeah, <laughs> it makes sense, right? Because yeah. like it's a Philip K. Dick, it's a Philip K. Dick story. Let's adapt another Philip K. Dick story and try mm-hmm. to see if we can finagle as a sequel. Yeah. Um. So that was the intent, and apparently it didn't go anywhere. Because yeah, I mean it's it's two different worlds. Yeah. Essentially, so um, I guess that's became Minority Report became that Philip K. Dick adaptation that just always remained in rotation and development. Yeah. Until somebody else like some big star jump from what big star big star big director whatever till eventually someone went how about us you yeah. know um and so i found that interesting that this is like you know part of the history is also like tom cruise and spielberg have known each other for decades at this point like since like risky business apparently and so they have always been like why don't we do this together and the other guy's like no nah, i'm good why don't we do this together mm, uh, yeah. minor report was apparently a minor report is the one that they decided on thanks to a screenplay probably i think by scott frank uh, writer of like Oceans Eleven, etc. A bunch of oh, and out of sight. Really, yeah. Oh yeah. Good writer. Yeah. So it's interesting to see this one where it, it, it comes off as a bit of a vanity film. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> because it is Tom Cruise. Yeah. Um, and he's working with the biggest director in Hollywood. Mm-hmm. Um, and another weird thing uh, for me about it is like looking up at the history is like there. I'm reminded that that's right. There was a, at one point a far bigger cast for the supporting cast. Yeah, um, it was going to be Matt Damon as Whitweir. It was going to be that character. Uh, it was Colin Farrell's character. Oh, okay. Matt Damon's Colin Farrell's character. Kate Blanchett was going to be uh, Agatha. Oh, um, that would have been good. Uh, Jenna Elfman was supposed to play Tom's wife. Huh. And it was that... Ian McKellen as uh, as the Max von Sydow role. That's interesting, but he was too busy making uh, X Men, which is also X-Men? kind of got a gray palette to it, but not not as bad. And Lord of the Rings, McKellen was busy. Oh yeah, <laughs> I thought he it was, was Lord X-Men? of the Rings particularly gray. No, I don't. No, no, no. <laughs> McKellen had, but both... he was he was gray in Lord of the Rings. It was hey, he was. Hey, nice, nice. <laughs> I like it. <laughs> no, but yeah, McKellen was too busy doing Lord of the Rings and. Uh, I think McKellen made the right choice. What's that? I think he made the right choice on both counts. Yeah. <laughs> but um and that's the issue too. Like it's like what happened was that like MI two was over was overscheduled. So they had to push the the, the filming. MI two? Mission Impossible two. Oh. That's how I refer to them. I go by that. <laughs> in my head I thought did he just leave off the B and he's talking about Men in Black 2 and what does Men in Black 2 have to do with this movie everything <laughs> you see, gonna, no. uh, Mission Impossible 2 was overscheduled the best Mission Impossible I don't actually believe that but I do think that movie's underrated <laughs> I gotta read that's the one I gotta I, I gotta rethink that one again <laughs> we're gonna do Ben View on Wu one day we will because I'm a huge John Wu fan and then you wanna hear me start crying you will <laughs> but that's I don't think but I think because of that I don't I don't think we could do Ben View on Wu with the two of us because it would be just both of us being like yeah he's great this movie's great yeah it's great it's great and then there's gonna be a point where I'm gonna start saying I hate this one though oh, I hate yeah. this one <laughs> um, I, I mean I have yet to see a John Wu film that I didn't love but I, I don't wanna stay too far in this, com- in this, I haven't in seen this topic Arrow. I was gonna be like wait have you seen Paycheck? No, I have not seen Paycheck or okay. Broken Arrow. You're gonna, first off... I think I'll love Broken Arrow, though. I will say this. 
I dig Broken Era. Yeah, I think I'm gonna like that one. Page Broken Era, I might not enjoy. Bro- I'm sorry. I'm, we're gonna go back to my Party, I swear. But here's the thing: Broken Era <laughs> is John Woo at his most American movie. Yeah, directing style. Okay. It doesn't feel like his Hong Kong stuff. It doesn't feel like like classic John Woo. Yeah. Like Face Off, I feel as the perfect oh, mix. Of American Hollywood John Woo mm-hmm. and Hong Kong action John Woo. Yeah. But Broken Arrow is John Woo's straight American action. It's pretty solid. I, did you see the end of the tour? No, I didn't. It's a very good movie. And there's a moment in, in it where they go watch uh, Broken Arrow. And it's <laughs> maybe my favorite moment in a movie from that year, which was 2015, I think. Mm. Um, the J- Jason Siegel and Jesse Eisenberg? Yeah, they I go. I wanted to see that one too. Yeah, yeah. it's good. Um, um, but yeah, no, like. Broken, it's fun. Yeah, I think I like Broken Out. But yeah. honestly, like I like MI too, so who's to say I won't like Paycheck? It's possible, man. Paycheck is such a boring movie. Um, Isn't it also a Philip K. Dick? It's based yeah. on Philip Yeah, it is. Hey, wait, we found a way to tie it back. It <laughs> is based on the Philip K. Dick story. There it is. It's boring. Anyway, um, minor report. So, oh, yeah. Um, Mitch Possible 2 is taking too long. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then issues with AI came up too. So because they had to pause so he could grow his hair? You know? <laughs> Um, so Sorry. all these actors who were signed up, set up to go, yeah, uh, eventually had to go on other projects, and that's why I kind of feel like Kate Blanchett was also going to Lord of the Rings. That's right. See, Lord of the Rings was stealing all their stars. <laughs> I, think, I get it. Yeah. <laughs> it's a busy project. So like all these actors had to leave because of scheduling, and that's why I feel like Minor Reports cast some of them feel like a kind of also ran. Yeah. Like although I mean Max von Sydow, he's no also ran. No, no, Max von Sydow, Samantha Morton are not yeah. bad calls. Mm-hmm. They're good. I actually really like... I'm going to get to how much I honestly like them. Uh, Farrell was definitely a... we need Matt Damon's too busy. We need somebody else. It's weird as shit to see little boy Colin Farrell. <laughs> little 12-year-old Colin Farrell. Because he looks so young in this picture. Here's the thing. I have no idea how you feel about him. But can I be honest about Farrell in this movie? Yeah. I honestly really liked him here. I, he's kind of my favorite part. <laughs> okay, good. He is. Yeah. He is my favorite part. Yeah. Um, I, I like Colin. It's weird, but it's weird as hell that he's in the movie. Yeah. Uh, but I did like him a lot. I, I, I like Colin Farrell, even though I hated his last film, which was Fantastic Beast. Don't go see it. Boycott uh, Harry Potter. <laughs> but no, he's, don't boycott it. I just didn't care for it. He's, now, here's the thing about what I like about his character is that uh, Farrell's character is surprisingly... What's great about it is that you think of him... You're going to think he's one thing, but then you realize that all he is is just a guy doing his job. Yeah. And I like that a lot. And I, I, I heard that there was a draft of the script where he was... right as well. <laughs> right, no. Yeah. There was a draft of the script where he was played off as the bad guy. And yeah. he was the straight-up villain. And I like the fact that the cool thing about his character is that, like, no, he's just he's just really thorough. Yeah. Like, he has that air of, like, when you think of a bureaucratic dick. Mm-hmm. But that's only because he's just a real... He's just trying to do his job clearly and they're not letting him and they're not letting him yeah. that's why it's really that's why he's really good in this he's like he's sort of frustrated at the situation yeah because he's like i'm trying to tell you this is how it's that's what's going on here and they were like oh man are you sure yeah. yes yeah. <laughs> and i i do like that one of the bits as much as i hated this movie one of the bits i did like was that in the end like yeah he he's not like revealed to have set anyone up or do anything yeah. shady actually if anything he yeah. when he he was trying to help yeah when he realized like Oh shit, John's right. Yeah. I no, and I have evidence to prove, hey, guys, John yeah. John's John's been screwed over. We gotta let's figure this out. I you know, let's and then, you know, he gets killed. <laughs> <laughs> you know what else I realized was seeing Colin Farrell in this movie and mm. being shocked by how long he, how young he looked? 
Yeah. Uh, the reason why I was shocked was because I, you know, I don't like think of myself necessarily as a huge Colin Farrell fan. I don't mm-hmm. think of myself as someone who goes out and sees every Colin Farrell movie. Right. But I, the reason why I haven't noticed him aging since my night report is because I've kind of kept current with Colin Farrell, just <laughs> by coincidence. Like, yeah, he's kind of just always been there in movies that I have seen, like every single year. He has sort of aged slowly. Yeah. He's not aging poorly. He's aged slowly, and he's managed to sneak his way into things that we're all watching, yeah. so we don't we don't notice it because he, he's always there with us. Right. And he still looks good today. Yeah. He yep. just, he looks a lot younger then. Yeah, he was, yeah. He, and that's probably the reason why it was better than Damon. And I like Matt Damon. Mm-hmm. But what I liked about it is that, like, Matt Damon, even at that time, he's already got a couple, he's already became movie star Matt Damon. Mm-hmm. As opposed to, like, say, prior where the goal was supposed to be. Yeah. He's not a movie star, but he's he became one that year by like accident. Right away. Yeah. <laughs> Colin Farrell was in the same boat. It's like, so the idea is that, like, you don't have a pre- Unless you were watching Tigerland or whatever mm-hmm. other movies he was making sure. at the time, you don't have a pre-disposition. Like you don't have a pre-thought on who he is when you saw him. You don't have a pre-cognitive yeah, exactly. <laughs> impression of uh, of, of, uh, of Colin Farrell. So yeah. you you are reading him as as John is reading him. Mm-hmm. It's like okay, I I get it. Yeah. I get. It. Also, because he's younger than Tom, you're reading him also in that regard. It's yeah. like this I, cocky cocky little boy, cocky in. little boy. Um, and that's actually to the film's favor. That's why in the end, like, yeah, I actually, he's my favorite thing in the movie. Yeah. He's really good here. And yeah. the character is pretty strong. And I think it's, it's a decent part written, but he makes it really good. Yeah. Yeah. I agree with that. Yeah. Um, you know who I hated in this movie mm. and who other people have said that they hate him always. And I didn't understand that because I like him in a lot of other movies is Tim Blake Nelson. <laughs> Cause this was the first time I watched it. And I was like, oh yeah, he's just doing the Tim Blake Nelson thing. Yeah. And it's super fucking annoying. Yeah. It doesn't fit. And I hate it. Uh, yes. <laughs> um, I, I like Tim Blake Nelson when used accurately. Yeah. You know, he's a unique, interesting character actor. I like him in Leaves of Grass. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. yeah. He directed that one. Yeah. <laughs> um, so he knew how to use himself correctly. Uh, obviously. Yeah. Uh, we're old brother out though. Sure, he's great in that. Yeah, that's my first exposure to him. Yeah. He's amazing in that movie. The Incredible Hulk. I'll even say that I like hey. him there. Ditto. Yeah. <laughs> that I like him a lot in that one. Minority Report. Oh, fucking totally That's annoying. Terrible. Yeah, I hate him so much. If I can have an issue with the film, yeah, which I will, mm-hmm. and I do. Uh, uh, one of the things I'm noticing with Steven Spielberg, uh, this era of experimental Steven Spielberg, mm-hmm. trying to get out of his breach of just normal what he usually does, yeah. or I feel like people think he usually does, is he's not good. And maybe this is actually even true up to even Color Purple. And it seems to be the case that happens all the time when he tries to break out of his shell a little bit. Is he's not for me? It's like tonally, he's always weird to me sometimes when he tries to go outside to into the darker areas. Yeah, because there are these. He tries to do these comedy beats. Yes, and they don't work. No, <laughs> they don't. They super don't. They 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 feel so out of place. They really, really don't work. And Steve. I'm like, Stephen, what? Why? Okay, big example. It's the spider sequence. It's yeah. the robot spiders and they're scanning all the people. Like, yeah. Pretty cool sequence. Yeah. Well shot. Mm-hmm. Cool visuals. I like the little spider things. Or they're neat little devices. But there's this one bit in it where it's like a couple arguing. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You know what I'm talking about. They're arguing. They're arguing. They pause to get scanned. The robot spiders goes off of them. And then you go back to arguing again. I went, it's... it doesn't feel with your super moody color it palette it doesn't work Stevie. doesn't work steven <laughs> you can't you can't just throw that in there um doesn't no it's so yeah tonally i feel like he's he, he keeps trying to include stuff like that in these darker films and it doesn't work for me yeah yeah um 
How did you feel about Neil McDonough in this film? Well, <laughs> that's an interesting one to point out, right? Because mm-hmm. like, he hasn't aged a day, by the way. No, no, Neil Neil's. A, you see him in Paul Blart, Mall Blart too. He looks exactly the same yeah. as he does here. No, uh, I don't know what the fuck he's doing to Paul be Blart, Mall Blart too. Oh yeah, touche. But <laughs> he was but, the main villain in that film. I know he was like one of the main. Yeah, you know, like yeah, I, he does not. No, no, he's had that bleached hair. Yeah, look, he's looked like that since oh, I like forgot first. That he's dumb, dumb, dumb. <laughs> He's great as Dum Dum. I'm not. Yeah, that wasn't yeah. Dig. I just totally forgot because Ooh, I, I I think of the mustache as playing Dum Dum. I think of the the mustache and bowler hat yeah. as the playing Dum Dum. He's good in that though. But no, yeah. he's 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 fine here. Yeah. I I feel like he's a little underdeveloped, but I I I think he's fine. Yeah. You know, Neil McDonough's one of those guys who was like, oh, Neil McDonough. <laughs> he's like he's a really interesting look. He's like he's always got that bleached hair and like. Bluest eyes on the planet. Oh yeah, very blue. <laughs> it's, it's very you know it's it's very Aryan. Mm-hmm. Can we say mm-hmm. that? Mm-hmm. Um, um, what is your thoughts? For some reason, I thought he was the bad guy in a, in a classic Happy Madison film, as well as Paul Blart, Mall Blart too. But it does not look like it. <laughs> oh, I forgot who. That's right. I do remember an Angels in the Outfield. We're looking at his filmography. We right are. Now. <laughs> <laughs> um, what is your thoughts? Um, okay, here's the thing. The, do you think the fundamental the fundamentals of the of the whole concept mm-hmm. uh, is flawed for a film. Uh, no. Okay. I, I think a good film could be made of this, but I I, I just think literally every decision that was made, <laughs> that, except for uh, casting Colin Farrell and his acting choices, mm-hmm. was the wrong decision. Because <laughs> um, I, I do think it's a really cool idea. I I could see it like if uh, you know you. It wouldn't make any sense as a sequel, but if this could somehow be set in the same world of Blade Runner, I, th- mm. I think that would be a very cool film. That probably is a easier fit yeah. than Total Recall. Yeah. Um. Do you okay? So what's the what's your thoughts on on Samantha Morton uh, Morton as uh, Agatha? Um, I think she's okay. I don't I don't dislike her. Um, I don't know. It feels like there's not the character wasn't given much to do other than suffer, which sure. is kind of a bummer. Right, right. Which is that I feel like the casting notice is can you suffer on screen? <laughs> Good, your cast. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, I, I I wish there was more there, but um, that's not this movie. It's about the same. Yeah, um, I kind of wish they. I understand the idea of like focusing on one precog, mm-hmm. but I was also intrigued. But I was like, I'm kind of intrigued with the other two, yeah. the twins that we that don't really do anything. Yeah. Um. Yeah, I was kind of surprised seeing on I'm on the Wikipedia cast list here that they are played by actual twins or mm. these actual brothers, um, because you don't you never see them close enough to, to <laughs> that that would matter. Um, Tom, Cruz, yes, okay. What, what what is your? This is okay. Here's the thing. Like this is the first movie we have. This is the first Spielberg movie we talk about where there is a big. A pretty big star. Ironically, it's on there with Tom. <laughs> yeah. I mean, Tom Hanks is a big star, but he's is definitely a, he's a different kind of star. He's a different Tom kind of star. Yeah. What is your thoughts on Tom Cruise in this film? I thought um, uh, it's indistinguishable from Tom Cruise in any other film. He, he looks I think good Biggest criticism on Tom Cruise, right? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah I, I, this, if, 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 you would, if you could mind wipe me so that I wouldn't know this was a Steven Spielberg movie, I, I wouldn't t- mm. be able to tell this performance apart from any of his others. Right. Um, any sequence, do any action sequences work for you? Honestly, not really. They really annoyed me. It's, there's the moment where he's cornered in the alley mm-hmm. and it's like, Oh, how is he going to get out of this one? Yeah. And the way he gets out of it is, is he's just super good at fighting. Yeah. <laughs> so then like later when he's like cornered and actually caught, it's like, 
well, why didn't he just use that same trick where he's really yeah. good at fighting? <laughs> because he was in just as bad a circumstance and he got out of that one fine. <laughs> um, it's fair. And I, I feel like a lot of them in this movie kind of come down to that. I, I honestly did like that sequence. That's the only good thing I like about it. that's the one. That's the one sequence the I like. The one liked. in the alleyway with the jetpacks? The alleyway jetpacks that leads to the car factory sequence. Yeah. The, I liked those. I will say this. In the car factory sequence, when the machine was crushing out uh, down on him, mm-hmm. and I was like, if... And I couldn't remember how it actually ended, so I was like, I swear to God, if the brand new car comes out and Tom Cruise is in the car and drives away in the car, mm. that would be amazing. <laughs> a total betrayal of the tone of this film. Right. But I would love it so much. Right. And it actually fucking happened. Yeah, that's right. I couldn't believe it. Which is funny, because you're right. It's still a total betrayal of the tone of this film. Yeah. And that's I, the issue with the film. I did, I did like that moment, though. But I was like, oh, I like this because it's not like the rest of the film that I right. hate. <laughs> Um, but yeah, it's it's completely insane and inconsistent with the rest of the movie that that's in there. It is. It is I I because that's like a cartoon thing. It <laughs> is. Well, especially because I kind of love how he pops up. Right? Yeah. He kind of pops up when the, in the finished car, looking, just giving Colin Farrell the fuck you yeah, eyes. That's why I like it. And but then, again, and here's the for some reason I am slightly obsessed with Farrell's like fist punch. Yeah. Reaction to that, going, you son of a bitch! I will for some reason that always stayed in my head. Yeah. Um, yeah, I like the sequence. I think it's fine. It's not as be- it's not clearly his best thing. Yeah, it's enjoyable. And I, I, the one thing I took away from watching it this time was one thing about what Spielberg does do well with action sequences is that he knows to br- he knows when to breathe. Yeah, and he knows when to breathe and give little moments of pause and detail shots mm-hmm. to kind of. Get you settled before the next bit. Some some action directors will sometimes kind of over rely on stimul overstimulation and quick cutting and et cetera. Michael Bay, and you know, kind of distract you. Yeah, uh, Spielberg does give you a little bits of like a couple seconds shots to just like let the moment breathe. Yeah. Then I'm going to give you another big moment. Um, I kind of like the spinny gun thing. That's me. That's kind of cool. I kind of dig that guy. What? It's like a spinny shotgun thing they were using to try to catch him in the car oh, factory. Oh, that was a cool shotgun. I kind of like that. Yeah. I kind of want that toy. That sounds... Did you ever play the, the Vigi game? Oh, I never played the Vigi game. Do you know what's <laughs> unique about the Vigi game? Mm-mm. I've heard theories that this is Scientology related, but they... Whoa, okay. Yeah. <laughs> they were not allowed to use Tom Cruise's likeness in the video game. Hmm. So it's the character John Anderton, but he is, he is voiced and uh, like an after Clancy Brown, I think. What? Can that be right? That is, is that possibly true? <laughs> Uh, I'm gonna look, I'm gonna look up to confirm. They're like enough. There's someone else for sure. I don't know uh, uh, that it's definitely Clancy Brown. Um, let's. See. Everybody runs. Yeah, it's called Minority Report. Everybody runs. Uh, uh, it's a beat 'em up game. Clancy Brown. There it is. What? Yep. However, the game does not use the likeness of the actors of the movie with the character being voiced by... Oh, wow. Oh, yeah, and the character even looking like Clancy? It looks like Clancy as well. That's, That's funny. Um, oh, it does! You can kind of see it on the cover there, yeah. <laughs> if you want to trip, go look up Minority Report, Everybody Runs on Wikipedia. That's funny. Um, um, yeah, and I've heard rumors that there's like... That Scientology has something about like you can't let your... You can't let fake versions of your image be made that's i mean that could be totally untrue it's just it's just uh but i I heard on the internet hey since i am not involved with with that group yeah i who's to say (laughs) that it's not yeah so i mean i don't know i like you know what I'm going to make that in my head, the answer. That's your head cannon. That's my head cannon. So why Clancy Brown? Uh, why, Tank, why Clancy Brown's playing Tom Cruise's character in the Minority Report video game? Yeah. That works for me. <laughs> yeah, and you can even see on the cover there, he's got that cool shotgun we were talking about. Yeah. 
Um, one of the okay. So here's the thing. Like, uh, is there uh, the for what seems like even the people who love the even the people who like the movie. Mm-hmm. Um, oh, shit, I lost the minority part <laughs> Wikipedia page. Even the people who like the movie, uh, there seems to be almost like general consensus of the fact for a good amount of folks, where it's like it does feel like the third act of the film mm-hmm. is definitely the worst part of the movie. Oh yeah, that. <sighs> It's such a mess. You texted me this morning <laughs> saying, I'm going to be a little late because the film is running longer than I remember. Yeah. And I was like, yeah, it'll do that because uh, I remember when it, it it got to the point where he was in the room with, you know, living out the vision that he had seen of him killing the guy. Mm-hmm. And uh, I thought, okay, so we're probably, this is probably like the ending, right? This right. This is like the climactic end of the film. Nope, there's 45 more minutes. And that's when I texted you. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, I I was like, this movie's two hours, right? It can't possibly be longer than that. And I'm looking at that sequence. I'm like, hmm. Looked at my Blu-ray player. Yeah. Hey Benson, I'm gonna be late. Yeah. <laughs> totally underestimated how long the movie is. Yeah. I even woke up early too. I'm like, we'll start the movie at seven. I'll be done at nine. I'll head over. No, you will not. Oh, fuck. <laughs> done at nine. Because this movie is 145 minutes long. That is. Here's the okay. I'll tell you the for me watching it again. Yeah. And even I remember this is what my thought was when I saw it 14 years ago. Mm-hmm. <laughs> is it, that true? 2002. That's how time does. I know it fucked up. It's fucked up. It's dude. not 2012 right now. It's fucked up, Benson. I know. Where does time go? <laughs> Away. Wibbly wobbly. Anyway, um, so. Live every moment. When I I'm watching the. <laughs> Before you know it, your precious time slips away. Um, it's, so I'm watching the the the, the reveal scene mm-hmm. with Leo Crow, yeah. and like, you know, the whole point is 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 is, is Agatha trying to convince John to you know, like, don't you know, like, you have a choice, you have, you know, this is a possibility. The Unlike the, what you make it, blah blah blah, that type of stuff. So. When he doesn't pull the trigger, it's like, all right, cool, great, good on John. He didn't, he didn't do it. And then the scene keeps going. <laughs> and yeah. when Leo starts explaining the shocking, quote unquote, air quote reveal, yeah, I'm sitting there going, like, oh god, that's right. Yeah, that's I dumb. really hate this. <laughs> yeah. From this point on, I hated the movie. Yeah. <laughs> it's so. The movie just fucking goes everywhere at this point. It's it's all just contrivances and convenience for the plot yeah. bullshit. And I'm just... It's that case where we talked about like Spielberg had a hard time making his audience feel unhappy. Yeah. And AI became the talk of like... It, became, it was between this and AI for me where it's like, Steven, just let the figure, just let the movie end. Yeah. Let it end, bud. Let it end. Because, uh, like, this was another situation where it felt like he was trying to make a happy ending. Mm-hmm. And I went, nah, man, this <laughs> sucks. <It's bad. laughs> like, I'll, tell you, I'll tell you an analogy that came to my mind as I was watching this. Mm-hmm. Imagine each individual plot thread of the film is a spaghetti noodle. I'm with you, guys. And you've made some spaghetti, and you've enjoyed the spaghetti. Yeah. And that's been the first two acts of this film. Mm-hmm. I didn't. I thought the spaghetti was a little weak, but, <laughs> but a, a lot of people enjoyed the spaghetti. It's yeah. a good spaghetti. Mm-hmm. So then you're trying to you try you got you got leftover spaghetti. You're trying to save, but all you got to keep it in is a, like a zip a big Ziploc bag. Yeah. And this is a circumstance I found myself in many a time. <laughs> so you're trying to delicately transfer the spaghetti into the Ziploc bag mm-hmm. and then uh oh you slip and the spaghetti just goes everywhere 
And it's just a mess of strands and sauce just all over your floor. It's like, just and, a wet, gross mess. And, and now when you're trying to clean it up, yeah. it's like, it's not easy. No. No. <laughs> it's going to um, take a couple of napkins, and you know the spaghetti is going to hang off the side. Yeah. And you're annoyed because you got to do this now. <laughs> yeah, yeah. That's what the end of this movie is. That's a fantastic analogy. Thank you. Because <laughs> that's what it felt like. Yeah. Um. When the moment John is calling Max von Sydow mm-hmm. about basically doing the Agatha Christie bit, yeah, over a, a Bluetooth phone, <laughs> it's like I I'm, hated this so much. I'm so it's like this is so stupid. So <laughs> this is so stupid. Yeah. It's like it's I don't I I hate this part so. It's just so laid out. It's just so laid out, like just sloppily, and I. It doesn't feel right with the rest of the movie. It just okay. If I this does, and which also leads me to another criticism I have to the film: mm-hmm. Catherine Morris, who plays Laura, John's ex-wife. Yeah. So what I found about her is interesting is yeah. that she was actually in AI. Okay. But as a a character that was cut, and apparently the deal was that she played like this rock and roll star. In AI, oh, I already don't like what you're saying. To and me. she apparently the story even goes like she even went for months of training and singing and, and and guitar playing to later be find out that she was cut from the film. Yeah. So when Jenna Elfman had to drop out, um, I almost feel like as a as a as a as a as an apology. Yeah. <laughs> he gave it to you know he's like hey I liked working with you there like I'll, I'll just give you this part. I don't like her in this movie. She's... I'll say this about her. Yeah. One thing I did think was refreshing was this is a rare case of a relatively age appropriate couple in a in a film. Agreed. Which sure. certainly would not have been the case if Jenna Elfman had been the right. Um True. That being said, she's just, she's not very good, huh? She's not. I hate. I've heard she's better in other things, but that she's like here. I'm like you're kind of bland. Yeah. And boring, and like I'm not saying Jenna Elfman is an amazing actress. I like Jenna Elfman though; she's really good in uh, *Inherent Vice*. Uh, yeah, no. Sure. So like, if she's, I feel like she could have brought something a little bit more interesting, yeah, to a otherwise pretty boring standard part. Her role in AI is called Teenage Honey. <laughs> oh, oh, uh. I'm sure. Tr- there's oh, a she's p- in Paycheck. Oh my god. Oh my god! <laughs> wow, I did it. There was so much. There is so much talk of John Woo here. I was not expecting. Yeah, it was kind of great because I was just watching the trailer for Horror World again this morning. I went, fuck! I love this movie so much. <laughs> um, paycheck. Yeah, I just have paycheck open now. Sorry, <laughs> paycheck is such a the joke. Everyone knew that it's an easy joke to make, but it really was like everyone involved in this movie was basically doing it for the title of the film. Yeah. Yeah. Um. Affleck. Man, look at that. Interesting cast. That's yeah. a good cast. Like Affleck, Aaron Eckhart, Uma, Paul. Michael C. Hall. Michael C. Hall. Joe yeah. Morton. Mm-hmm. What? Aaron Eckhart basically playing what it felt like the equivalent of the Colin Farrell role <laughs> of the okay. movie. Well, I'll see the film eventually, so don't spoil good, it. Good luck, man. I mean, <laughs> just you're going to be wondering where John Woo's at. <laughs> what is he up to now? Um... Yeah, she has been kind of quiet. Uh, oh yeah, he's got. Yeah, yeah, he's been he's been quiet. He what? hasn't really directed a lot recently. Yeah. Um. Oh, wind talkers. Ooh. <laughs> <laughs> uh, 
Okay. Mm. Anyway, um, Hard Boiled, amazing film. You should watch Hard Boiled. Anyway, yeah, um, everyone should watch Hard Boiled. It's Edgar Wright's favorite action movie. If uh, if you, that does, if you're not convinced by us two jokers recommending it, come on. Yeah, that's Edgar Wright's pretty much a seal of approval. Yeah. <laughs> um. Yeah. No. Yeah. She's. Yeah. Catherine Ward sadly just not good, and all of her scenes just felt flat. And yeah. like. Uh, oh, interesting point. I guess like Meryl Streep was offered the role of the woman who discovered the precogs. Okay. Which I can see. I can see that being a, we got Meryl Streep. Yeah. <laughs> yeah that, that, that whole scene was like, magic plants are in this movie now? <laughs> like that seemed very <laughs> weird to me that like, I mean, I guess like it's a sci-fi movie, but yeah. that, that technology did not seem to mesh with the technology in the rest of the film. Again, yeah. It's again, tonality is just weird like in this film. Guard plants <laughs> also exist in this world? Come on. Um, can I also say, like, even, we're close to this reality of the science fiction in the, in the movie. Oh, yeah. In this, in the factor of the people scanning their eyes and going, hey, Benson. Hey, John. Yeah. It was like, Benson, did you want to buy another? <laughs> like, yeah. no, I'm, that's the future. And I'm like, that, I remember watching it going, that sounds horrible. Yeah, that sounds awful. And uh, now on Facebook, scene, I'm getting I, versions of that. Yeah, <laughs> well, Facebook, Facebook, you need to check your algorithm, dog, because you, you recommend some weird shit to me. <laughs> <laughs> Go ahead. <laughs> yeah. Um, I, I, in the first scene where we see that happening, I thought it was only, they could only hear it in their own heads. Yeah. But then in the later scene, you hear it saying it to another stranger as Tom Cruise walks by, and it's like, Oh no! I think that's just out loud for everybody. That's terrible. That's all. That's super annoying. That's awful. It's like I don't want like 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 walking by and then someone go and then like one of those like Justin. I hear you want to buy like another like child like another Power Ranger toy. Yeah, no, 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 no. Please, hey, keep that quiet. <laughs> yeah, I mean, it's like and I mean another Power Ranger toy. That's lucky. It's like because what that's, it's like. That is one of the more shameful things I'm admitting right now. <laughs> I, I don't think that's so bad. Is what I'm compared saying, to it, what it could have been. Yeah. yeah. Like yeah. Justin, mm-hmm. you need more of that hemorrhoid cream? Hey, hey, size? hey. Like you can get stuff like that. Hey, quiet. I'm yeah. good. I'm good. I'm good. I'm oh, good. Justin, you haven't bought anything from ExtremeRestraints.com mm. in a while. No. Like What's wrong with... That's a little shout out for them Bim Bam fans. ExtremeRestraints.com. Put my sunglasses on for that fucking... Oh, yeah. Let's talk about Peter Stormare. I was going to bring him up. Yeah. All right. Uh, what do you, th- what, what did you want to say about? Hey, you know what I love to see in a movie? Mm-hmm. Snot. <laughs> That's a that was a satirical point that I was not actually making. Because <laughs> again, I don't think that fits the tone, and it's just yeah. a weird, fucking gross way to start a scene. Yeah, and it's a it's a kind of pointless aside. I mean, we, we know he has to get the eyes to get into the place, mm-hmm. but um, yeah, and there's that weird misdirect where it's like. Oh, he put Peter Stormare away. Is Peter Stormare going to kill? No. No. Yeah, he's fine. Why well, bring that up? Yeah. <laughs> what are you doing? <laughs> um, also, again, tone, we we're told at the end, too, is like he has that assistant, that one woman with the massive mole. Yeah. And I'm, again, I'm looking at that bit. I'm like, Steven. It's very mean. It's mean, yeah. It's because the way he sets it up to is like, he's like, you check out my lovely assistant. And she's shitting in a toilet. And she's got a mole. And it's like, this is mean, Steven. Yeah. I don't like it. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Yeah. No. Um, despite my issue with the, the the couple fight, I think the spider sequence is kind of neat. I, I'll admit to liking that bit. That's fine. Yeah. Um, 
Yeah, no, it's, again, tonally, it's a weird, again, the movie's tonally. I, I kind of hated the, all of a sudden there's a comedy gag with Tom Cruise chasing his eyeballs. Yeah. Yeah, that was weird as hell. I'm like, where? What am I watching? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Also, I don't know if eyeballs can do that. Yeah. Like, and, oh god, I think the wor- going back to the worst of the part of the ending is when 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 Catherine Morris's wife's character threatens Tim Blake's character to open up her. You know, the, oh, the, she got the bag, the eyeball back. Oh, you know what made it worse, right? What? Putting it on his piano, so it makes a dramatic. Burr. Yeah, that was dumb. I'm like. Oh, and then you, that scene is that is bad filmmaking. I'm gonna yeah. call this out now. I'm not, yeah. You're not gonna hear me say this a lot about him in the show. That is bad filmmaking because one, it's a stupid gag, yeah. and two, the keys aren't even down yeah. to make the joke. <laughs> yes, I love this so much. I love, I love, I love hearing you say this. Um, yeah, that scene is just dumb on so many fucking levels because it, 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 she's also saying, yeah, I, I was able to get in because I had his eyes. As if his access wouldn't be fucking revoked why, at that point. Why, even up to the point when he threatened Tom, Tim Blake lesson earlier, it's like, but shouldn't your eyes be like immediately no? Yeah. Like, that's a no, right? It's like, if this whole thing is a biometric thing and they can find you like that, then your eyes, then your DNA in your eyes should be like instant yeah also hey he's here yeah <laughs> uh this movie it sucks so bad uh in this wikipedia picture samantha morton looks exactly like my aunt by the way which it weirds me out every time i look over there like exactly um uh, uh let's talk about john williams score on this film okay uh you know, I, it's funny. I was waiting for you to ask me that too. That's why this time I'm like paying attention to it. So yeah, go um, ahead. I, you know, I have a history of this podcast is uh, sort of categorizing his scores as either amazing mm-hmm. or like good, but you kind of expect amazing from John Williams, right? And this one, I'm gonna just go out and say it's bad. <laughs> I really did not care for the music of this film. Mm. It felt lazy, and maybe this is just again because so many movies have kind of ripped off this whole aesthetic and vibe. Yeah, but it just it just seemed like such lazy easy bullshit sci-fi action music i can't fight that (laughs) i it's i'm still i put this in the category of it's fine but there it's a case where it's like there doesn't feel like a lot of times where where john was trying to create a theme Mm -hmm. uh and it just um, all seems like shitty it's, Apple commercial music. It's like it's, it's like yeah. shitty clean future music. It's co- it's it's tone music. That's all yeah. it is. Like yeah. there's not a single theme or a motif he creates that's exciting. Yeah. That la- that makes you think about it. Yeah, and, what it kind of reminds me of mm. um, in forgetting Sarah Marshall. When I was gonna bring about, that up. Yeah. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> when he's talking about doing music for the like crime shows. Yeah. yeah. It's like so just ominous. Yeah. <laughs> dark. Scary. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> no, and that's what that's the thing. I feel like that's what John Williams is doing here. It's, it's there's just he looked at the movie and I feel like he looked at the movie and went, "All right, thriller, got it." Like that's it. That's all I'm giving. But it's you. so it's so sort of surprising and disappointing to me because one thing that I think I like about John Williams is like he's the guy who saw the Phantom Menace and was like. Fuck you. I'm doing my job. <laughs> I don't care what you idiots did. I'm showing up to work today and I'm turning into a goddamn amazing piece of music. <laughs> music so good that most of us went, I think that movie can still be pretty good. <laughs> yeah. A mo- music so good that almost 20 years later or yeah. whatever, 10 years later, I'm like going, I hate that movie, but Duel of the Fates still oh, yeah. gets me. <laughs> yeah. 
I'm not easy. The Duel of Fates is still my shit. <laughs> um, but that's not the John Williams that showed up to this show. No, this this John Williams went, oh, okay, Chase movie, got it. Yeah. Like, okay. <laughs> was he doing something? I wonder what else he was doing at the time. Let me see if there's maybe something else that was sapping. His, <laughs> sapping his... the creative energy, and he's yeah, like yeah. more engaged with that film. Well, well, 2002, he would have been doing Attack of the Clones, right? Uh, Maybe. Oh, you're right. Go, let's 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 see. Let's see. Let's see. Uh, um, discography, right? Yeah. Okay. Okay. Are they gonna count these as as, com, as composer? Uh, what if why? Wikipedia. Why do you go, like this? Go down. Go down. I think you'd be fine. Go ahead. <laughs> but these are not. This is gonna be his weird guitar albums they're showing me. <laughs> okay. No, look at that. Okay. Yeah, no, yeah. I gotta. I'm. I, I gotta jump down to one of these. Yeah. There you go. Um, but the soundtrack's <laughs> conducted by others. Please holding. We're. <laughs> what are you doing, you dick? Holding. <laughs> uh, yeah, and then it. it you know what? I I'll go IMDb. You know, um, Wikipedia is almost always better than uh, IMDb, but here it's only giving me shit that was connected by others, or that they used his themes, but he didn't do the music. So like sequels, basically. All right, all right. Uh, and I'm so I'm so I've never been so disappointed in a website. I'm so angry at you right now, Wikipedia. <laughs> and you know what? You're doing a fucking donation pledge drive, and guess what? You're not getting my money this time. They never have because I'm broke. <laughs> um, all right, I'm looking it up. Come on. Yeah, please take me to IMDb. Yeah. Take me to church. I'm, I'm There's sound. I'm now. <laughs> oh, here we go. Down here is where we got it. All right. Uh, but took it you... doesn't say the fucking year on okay, it. Yeah, it's even worse, actually. The way they had laid it out. No. Um, Come so... on. Come on, phone. Help, help me here. There we go. Okay, so it looks like this same year he did Harry Potter and the Chamber of Secrets and Attack of the Clones. So, yeah, he was kind of crushing it this year. Ooh. Attack. Ew, look at that. It's like, those are pretty, those are pretty good scores. Not yeah. as great. Yeah, but they're still very good. They're still very good. Um, yeah, you're right. Look at that. Like he's look. It's like, it's even in uh, in wiki. It's like sandwiched in. Yeah, it's yeah. like it's like attack attack of the clones. You know, pretty good. Chamber secrets, pretty good. Minor report. It feels like he's like, hey, Stephen, I got you got one weekend with me. <laughs> <laughs> he's not British. Why was I doing a British accent? <laughs> um. He's not right. I'm suddenly doubting myself. I have no idea where John Williams is from. I I only oh, he's, he's an, I mean, he speaks through music. He's definitely me. an American guy. Okay. Oh, so little little just in history. Mm-hmm. Uh, when I was a PA on Transformers, I was a PA on Transformers two for a brief period. Oh, cool. Uh, pre production didn't really get to be there for shooting, but I do remember one point. My buddy who got me a job, he's like, "Hey, Justin, can you drop off this stuff at the DreamWorks office in Universal Studios?" I went. Oh, okay. <laughs> and I was driving over there, and I go over there, and then I, I, I had, there was a parking spot that was waiting for me, but next to that spot was a sign that just simply said, John Williams. And he, I know it's stupid. In the long run, it's like, it's an empty parking spot with a name. Yeah. But my brain was like, John Williams parks here. <laughs> <laughs> of course. So, so I'm like just staring at it for a few minutes, and I, I, my phone sucked in my, didn't have a camera on my phone oh, at the time. No. This is 2008. Oh, wow. I had a flip phone. It yeah. blue. So I'm looking at it going, shit. Yeah. John, this is the closest I'm ever going to get to John Williams. Yeah. That's awesome. Yeah. Uh, His parking spot. <laughs> I can't confirm that he is American. <laughs> um, he, yeah. look, he looks like he was born in New York. Yeah, he's like uh, he's like Stanley Kubrick. People think he's British, but he's American <laughs> from New York. Um. Yeah, uh, so yeah, I mean, score was just kind of... It's fine. 
Uh, you hate it. I'm like, it's fine. Yeah. Um, Is there anything else we can say? Um. Here's yeah. I mean, I, I, I mean, let me try to find a wrap up for this. Um, <laughs> yeah. Um, We're gonna take us home. All right. So basically. I think what here's my thing. I feel like when it came out, people were in hunger for a solid Spielberg blockbuster, yeah. and so the people who loved it thought that's you know it just kind of picked it as that. But I was definitely as, at my more Griffin McElroy would say mm-hmm. they were horny for this one. Ooh yeah. yeah. <laughs> and so for me, it's um, I was already in my I need you to make this work for me as well. Yeah. But I also was in the phase of not being too easily swayed. Yeah. And it's interesting for me to think back and I was kind of hoping I was going to like it more this time yeah. as well. And I ended up feeling literally the same. Yeah. Like, and yeah, Minority Report is to me a, it's fine. Yeah. <laughs> like there are things I like more about it than you do for sure. I, yeah, I, I think it's a pile of trash. <laughs> you think it's a pile of trash, but I, yeah, that's why in the end it's like why we'd keep doing this podcast is the idea is like, even though I, there in the end story's not my favorite you know, cast is not my favorite. Um, what uh, Spielberg is still a good director to still make sequences work for me. Yeah. Even at the while I'm watching it, like um, even if the hole doesn't work, which it doesn't here. Yeah. Um, and that's right. I, we did, we did the first Ben of Spielberg first, where I literally just ripped him up for a sequence. <laughs> I was the. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah. In the long run, it's still it's still watchable to me. Okay. So, yeah. But I, not. Every year, I think it's like I'm gonna watch it. Like, oh, I guess there's something else on. I went through all my Netflix. I went through all my HBO. Yeah. I went through like, oh, I guess this. <laughs> yeah. yeah, I'm not doing that. I, th- I hate it. I think it's bad. Uh, mm-hmm. I think it established a lot of bad trends in sci-fi. <laughs> and uh, I wish we could wipe it out from existence. Um, I put my movie log here because I, wa- I want to do that thing uh, that was your idea last mm-hmm. month, where we we end with movie recommendations for people. Yes. So, right. uh, do you do you have anything? Um, let's see here. Um. Uh, actually, you know, crap! I wasn't ready for that. Why don't you do yours first? <laughs> uh, okay, well, like last time, I'm gonna, I'm gonna, do, I'll give you two recommendations. One mm-hmm. that's well, an old one and a new one. Yeah. Uh, for the new one, I will say, go out and see Moana. It's great. Uh, Fuck yeah, it is. Yeah. <laughs> uh, I saw. I've been let down by the theaters recently. I hated Nocturnal Animals. I hate. I, well, I didn't hate, but I, I didn't really like Manchester by the Sea. Mm-hmm. The art world has let me down. But the the big popcorn, uh, fran- uh, not franchise, but you know, the blockbuster machine is keeping me happy because Moana is really good. It's really good. Yeah. <laughs> well, I will say, one thing that I think is maybe a mistake is uh, including the Lin-Manuel Miranda sung version of mm-hmm. one of the songs on the soundtrack, mm-hmm. or on the end credits, rather. Yeah. Because I'm like, oh, this is like a lot better than when The Rock does it. <laughs> no offense to The Rock. You know I love The Rock. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. But when it comes to rapping, it's like, like, yeah, Lin-Manuel Miranda is going to be a lot better. <laughs> it's a kind of an unfair comparison. <laughs> yeah. But it's an accurate That's comparison. That's what I'm saying. Don't yeah. put, uh, save that for the soundtrack. Don't put it in the credits. I uh, fucking love but this Moana's movie. very good. I fucking love the movie. Uh, love it. <laughs> stay until the end of the credits because there is a little bit afterwards. There's a little fun, a little extra. Mm-hmm. Um, so yeah, watch Moana. And for the old one, I'm going to recommend The Ring Virus. It's the Korean remake of The Ring. Not a lot of people realize there was a Korean remake. People know the Japanese one. They know the American one. Mm-hmm. But in between those two, there was a Korean version. And guess what? It's the it's like far and away the best of the three. 
Um, it's kind of crazy because it starts with like a straight up Pepsi commercial. Um, like the, the, we, the first scene in both the Japanese and American version has like two teen girls talking about the urban legend and then one of them gets killed. Yeah. In this version, it's literally like one teen girl enjoying a refreshing Pepsi where it's like you see like it pours and there's like a close up on the glass of like the cinematic shot of the ice crackling as the Pepsi goes in. Uh, but it, with that crazy beginning, it's actually it's really good and I think it improves upon... Um, I can't say it improves on the American version because it came out before the American version. Yeah, but it improves uh, uh, on the Japanese version a lot, and in, in, in ways that were sadly ignored by the American version. Uh, <laughs> it's really good, and check this shit out. It's on YouTube right now somehow, so you can watch it on YouTube. Oh, holy shit! Yeah, nice. <laughs> so uh, the Ring Virus is the uh, English title. So if you put if you just put the Ring Virus into YouTube, you will find it uh, fully subtitled on YouTube for free. Check it out. Mm. It's really good. Nice, good calls. Um. I will do. I see. I see one of the movies you have on here, so I'll definitely use that one okay. as my art house recommendation. Oh yeah, I forgot. I, I guess I shouldn't say the art house has let me down because I think I know where you're going with this. Yeah, uh, as my one art house recommendation, uh, and then I got a nice little pappy easy, fun feel good one for me. Uh, so uh, Moonlight. That's great, isn't it? It's a, That's a great movie. Here's the thing. It's like it's one of those. This is one of those cases where I feel like this is a this is a well made, really good movie. Yeah. Is it one of my personal favorites? Not really. Yeah. But I'm not saying I'm not the asshole. They're going to tell you it's a bad movie. It's, no, it's very good. Very it's well made. great filmmaking. It'll make you cry. It made me cry. It. Here's the best thing about Moonlight. Um, if you can do it the way I did it, mm-hmm. don't know why. Don't watch anything. Don't know anything about it. I didn't know anything about it. Yeah. And See, it, it's, it's yeah. great in yeah. that regard. Like I knew zero. Yeah. I just knew the title, mm-hmm. and um, watching it, I was like surprised yeah. at the story I was getting, mm-hmm. the the level of how it's being told. And um, the carefulness of its character work. Yeah. And I was just like, wow. <laughs> not to give away any plot details, but I, I was reading about it afterwards, and I noticed, I feel like this is kind of rare where this actually really happens like that. The guy who wrote it and directed it, like, literally grew up in the same neighborhood where it takes place. That's what it feels which pretty. Is, it, yeah, it makes, it makes sense. Um, acting's incredible. Yeah. Acting's amazing. It's, I won't say, if you, again, like I say, like, do what you best you can. Don't, if you literally just heard about Hey, Moonlight's really good. Just go watch it. Just go watch it. Yeah. But there, there are some some incredible performances from the children actors to the adults. Yeah. That I was so like surprised at the level of detail they did to really maintain the character work. That's yeah. the best way I'm going to say it without ruining it. Mm-hmm. But Moonlight is as an absolute watch for sure. Yeah. Okay. What's um, your heavy one? That was my heavy one. Fun pappy one is I really liked. Eddie the Eagle. <laughs> <laughs> nice. We've talked about this. I feel like we talked about this on the podcast before. Yeah. Uh, have you seen Eddie the Eagle? I saw it in theaters. Yeah. Uh, yeah. I that yeah. That's. I mean that that is a classic movie that's just like oh this is just like a solid, easy, relaxing, good movie. Yeah. And I I, ca- I finally caught it a couple weeks ago, and I was like, I heard good things about it, mostly because I wanted to check it out because of uh, Taron Egerton. Egerton, because I liked him in Kingsman, but oh, I remember I hate him so much in Kingsman. See, I liked I hate the film, and I specifically hate him in it. See, I know, yeah, that's why you and me differ on Matt Yvonne. I liked him in Kingsman, I but I remember seeing the trailer to Eddie Eagle and went, "This is not the same." Yeah, performance. This is that's so great. I do, and I do really like him in this. Film. He's great. He's great. Um, Hugh Jackman yeah. is used perfectly. Yes, correct. Um, it's a yeah, it's a movie that just the music. The story, the yeah, it's good. Makes you feel good. Yeah. Side note: I'm a big Cool Runnings guy. I was a little <laughs> about to say it's it fits right in that Cool Runnings it, spot in well, your brain. Here's the funny part: um, cause it, t- I, I watch this going like this is a good movie. 
definitely the same movie as Cool Runnings. Yes, yes. Because I'm watching, like, this yeah. is literally the yeah. same movie. But I'm cool with that. But then there's one point where you find I didn't I forgot the, what year of Cool Runnings happened. Mm -hmm. So there's a point where you're hearing the audio, you're hearing like a radio, oh, yeah. and it's the same Olympics. Yeah, because they're talking about the Jamaican bobsled team. And I'm like, what the fuck? That's a <laughs> what a weird what a weird Olympic year that was. Yeah. You had Eddie the Eagle and and the Jamaican bobsledding team. I can imagine people watching that going, what the fuck is going on? <laughs> um, side note, this will be a wicked double feature. Oh yeah, Eddie the Eagle and Cool Runnings. Hell and yeah. there's a, I'm not okay. So now I, I wish to go. And now I have a headcanon. I wish there was like a scene in which Eddie met the Jamaican pop oh, yeah. yeah. because they would have been able to talk to each other and be like, "Man, you're getting shit too, huh?" Yeah. Yeah. It's like no one respects. No one respects me. Yeah. Like I'm trying to represent my country. I'm trying to represent my country. <laughs> yeah. Eddie Eagle. Fun. Nice. Ton of, tons of good fun. Rex. Yeah. Yeah. Really good about that. Yeah. All right. Yeah. <laughs> well, that was Minority Report. <laughs> yes. Um. Yeah. Uh, join us next month. Where we will talk about Catch Me If You Can. Mm. Uh, that'll be an interesting one. Yes. Um, as always, rescue pets if you can. Uh, oppose Trump at all at all opportunities. <laughs> uh, and we'll see you next month. Yeah. Oh, hey, regular recommend. Oh, yeah. Oh, well, yeah. That's, I, that's, we didn't even do plugs. <laughs> oh, my, my bad. Yeah, yeah. Uh, again, follow me on uh, uh, Twitter uh, at Justin Kizan. Uh, follow me on Instagram uh, at Justin Quiz. Mm -hmm. Still doing video a day. Almost had a scare recently. Yeah. My phone didn't want to turn on, and I was worried I was going to have to kind of delay video days and try to do some catch-up videos, but I was able to figure it, I was able to get it fixed the night of, so I'm back on track. Um, and yeah, again, I, uh, Agents of Guard's kind of quiet right now, I'm not going to lie, but um, please keep staying tuned to agentsofguard.com, and uh, we're, uh, we're going to try to get to, try to get everybody back and going. It's been kind of, a, I'm not going to lie, it's been kind of a... Uh, rough year for everyone's real lives to kind of maintain the website. Yeah, but um, we've recently had a big talk uh, about it. We're like, no, we're ready to jump back in. So awesome. Keep stay tuned on Age of the Guard, but you can still follow me and, and stalk me on the my other social media. Benson, uh, you go to BenvyNetwork.com, check out all the great shows on there. There's a ton of them. You, you know, yeah, I say, you know, um, <laughs> you can follow <laughs> me on Twitter at Dr. Matt Benson. That's D R Matt Benson. Uh, yeah, do all that. Um, and we'll see you next month. Yeah. Hello out there in Benview Podcast Land. My name is Josh, and this is Jesse. Hello. And we happen to do a podcast about video games called the Extra Damage Cast. Indeed we do. If you like to talk about video games, or more accurately, listen to other people talk about video games, you should check out our podcast. It's at extradamage.com or on the Benview Network website, whatever that is. This podcast is a part of the Benview Network. You can find this and other podcasts like it at BenviewNetwork.com.